Hi, Bruno Jr. here. Our podcast, Busting Addiction and Smiths, is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com. SafeHouse believes that traditional treatments fall short of the needs of clients who face the modern problems of addiction. Modern problems need modern solutions. Multiple addictions, multiple relapses, multiple triggers, and cheaper and more powerful street drugs set up unprecedented challenges facing treatment centers. What is needed is a more sophisticated approach, a better way forward. There are three reasons to choose our progressive modern treatment program. One, a more sophisticated intake process. Two, technology proven to enhance recovery. And three, the most robust aftercare program in our sector. To learn more, visit us at safehouserehab.com. Season 12, Episode 13. This is the story of Johnny, a story of grit. One of my favorite characters in the world is my friend Johnny, a U.S. Air Force veteran and a veteran of several personal wars, as I shall explain. He has now been clean and sober for 24 years and to this day continues to demonstrate undying grit in his journey to make something great of his life. Grit is the perfect word to describe Johnny's approach to the many challenges that he encountered and overcame on his life's journey. I happen to think of grit as an American-type concept. John Wayne starred in a movie called True Grit. He was paired with a young female who emulated his personal qualities, and together they prevailed. Grit is a short but powerful word that stands for courage, resolve, and strength of character, attributes that are necessary to beat the odds to succeed no matter the obstacles in one's way. That's my friend Johnny. He has taught me way more than I could ever teach him. My struggles were nothing compared to his. Where others might have decided to cut and run, to seek oblivion and liquor and drugs, he has persevered. 30 years ago, he barely made it out of the U.S. Air Force with a general discharge, which is a full grade below an honorable one. To earn a general discharge, you had to have spent some time in the brig, also known as jail, and or took time away coming back from leave, also known as AWOL, which stands for Away Without Leave. The vast majority of infractions of that nature involve alcohol and sometimes violence, as in bar fights. The MPs will throw you in the brig, write you up, then your commanding officer will decide what your punishment should be and, and for how long. According to Johnny, he spent many a night in the brig, but his infractions were not severe enough to earn him a dishonorable discharge, which means that you were just plain old kicked out of the service. He says it was his drinking that compromised whatever good he did. He would get a glowing report from his superior of his, of his performance, then do something truly insane to wipe out any progress he had made. True sabotage, he calls it. After he left the service, his drinking really took off because he was no longer constrained by any rules whatsoever. That led him to admit himself into a VA, Veterans Administration Hospital, with all the symptoms of a desperate man preparing to take his own life. He couldn't live with alcohol, and he couldn't live without it. He got lucky. The VA hospital in our hometown of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, has an excellent drug and alcohol treatment program for veterans in dire straits like Johnny's. That's where he met his first sponsor, let's just call him Big Carl, a grizzled veteran of the Vietnam War and a winner in the war on alcohol. 
Johnny's thinking was so twisted that he thought that most people try to commit suicide at least once in their lives. He, swear, he swears this to be true. He really thought he wasn't all that abnormal. Somewhere in his 30-day stint in treatment, Johnny realized he was indeed abnormal, and he realized that he had to completely surrender his old way of thinking, or he would be doomed to obsess about drinking again. So he had his epiphany. He made the commitment to stay sober, attending AA meetings, and being of service to recovering alcohols at the VA clinic. He started to apply the tech skills he had learned in the Air Force and landed some lower-level jobs that paid the bills but didn't offer the kind of upward path he wanted. He knew he needed a college degree to have any chance of making progress, so he enrolled in a community college and studied while he worked. All good so far, until he was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer of the throat and jaw only a few years into his new sober life. So all the progress he had been making with work in college had come to a full stop, had to come to a full stop, as he had to devote all his energies to trying to beat the odds stacked against him making a comeback. When, he, when we lived near each other, I would take him to his appointments at the VA for whatever he needed done that day because he couldn't drive anymore. The surgeons had to cut away part of his jaw and some neck muscles along with parts of his throat. Then came radiation and chemotherapy, a two-year battle with forces that wanted to kill him. But all this while, he went to his AA meetings, sponsored a couple of guys early in sobriety, and never let up on his commitment to sobriety, sanity, and helping others. After two years of intense treatment, and sur including surgery, he was declared cancer-free, a recovery that can only be seen as a miracle. He decided that he wanted to pursue a career in the U.S. Department of State. After a bit of soul-searching, he decided to move to Washington, D.C. to be closer to the action. Actually, I advised him to do so as well. Although he had become known as a local activist on behalf of veterans gaining better access to educational and job resources, he felt that he needed to be in D.C. closer to people of influence. He stayed in D.C. for two years getting a paying gig here and there, networking, winning a scholarship to further a State Department internship, but never quite connecting to a real career path because he didn't have a bachelor's degree in anything that mattered. And he was running out of money, paying triple the rent that he had paid in Wisconsin. An old friend suggested he get the hell out of D.C. and move to Jacksonville, Florida, where they could room together with a, a lot more cheaply but his friend turned out to have relapsed without telling Johnny, and the whole thing turned into a nightmare. There were several cats wandering about, and the mess and smell that came with him was as horrible as you can imagine. Time to move out, find his own place, get some better assistance support, and combine with student loans on part-time work as a VA coordinator, get back to college work. He bikes his way to AA meetings several times a week and counsels those who need help in getting and staying sober. One of his wards threw himself off a three-story parking garage. Well, of course, Johnny took it hard. It wasn't his fault, of course, but he was spiritually fit enough to know that he could not blame himself. This is what he said to me after he shared the terrible news. Quote, it's a deadly disease. This is especially true when it's combined with another mental disorder such as depression. Whatever disorder you have, untreated alcoholism will only make it worse. Close quote. I stay in touch with Tommy, with Johnny on a Zoom call once a week at 6.30 p.m. for me in Thailand 
It's 7.30 a.m. for him in the Eastern Time Zone. He's doubled up on his coursework and now expects to graduate with a B.A. in administration in December of this year. He has a standing job offer from the V.A. in D.C. upon his graduation. The year 2023 will represent a new start for my fine and generous friend. Oh, and by the way, my friend Johnny is now 63 years old. Now that's what I call grit. Perseverance, optimism, strength of character. He attributes his success in beating the odds to one thing and one thing only. His dedication to putting his sobriety above all else at all times. So what have we learned from Johnny's story? Well, we've learned that one, if you happen to be lucky enough to be a recovering as opposed to active alcoholic, you can overcome almost any obstacle if you put your sobriety first. Two, those who put personal development and spiritual values ahead of material gain will find that material success will follow quite naturally, not the other way around. Three, Johnny personified the concept of grit, which he attributes to truly surrendering to the teaching of his program, giving him the strength to get up off the floor and try again. Four, an essential part of a successful recovery program is to give back to those who still suffer, sharing one's experience, strength, and hope, thereby carrying a life-saving message. And five, being fully present and in the moment is one of the gifts of a strong 12-step program. Johnny says that next to sobriety itself, a peaceful mind is yet another miracle. Our podcast is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com, a modern approach to recovery. To learn more, visit us at SafeHouseRehab.com.